Right, welcome today to All About Animals Radio, a volunteer-based global radio station. I'm very happy to welcome Nicola O'Brien today. Welcome, Nicola. Hello, thank you for having me. Right, Nicola's from Asia for Animals, SMAC Coalition, and I will let Nicola explain the full extent of that in a minute, um, yes. because it's huge. Um, I can't quite grasp how big this organisation has a reach. Um, it is all across Asia, um, based around the world, and it, it just does a huge amount, including, as we've all just heard on the news, um, the very incredible undercover operation that has rescued a lot of monkeys from the torturous videos that we've all seen on YouTube and the BBC. Um, well, well, quite incredibly, really. I couldn't believe what I was reading yesterday when I read what they had done. And obviously, you know an awful lot about it. So if you would like to um, explain, you know, your organisation and how, you know, you got how it all ties in with the monkeys and then we'll, we'll go on from there. How about that? Yes, it sounds like a good plan. There is a lot. So um, but hopefully it's all really interesting things for your listeners. So Asia for Animals has existed for many years and it started as a small network of organizations based in Asia and the idea was to bring people together who are working to protect animals across Asia. Um, it started by holding a conference every other year in a different location um, in Asia and it's grown really um, as you can see we have hundreds of member organizations in our network and they can sign up for free and the main goal is that they have to be contributing of course some way to helping animals. And within that network, we have a series of what we call working groups. And these are the groups that focus on key areas of animal protection. So this brings those organizations that are working specifically on a certain area together. And the idea, of course, is for those organizations to share information, to share experience, to help smaller organizations gain skills, you know, all of those benefits of, of groups coming together but also potentially running joint projects, joint appeals, and using that strength of these organizations and their supporters to advance animal protection. So one of those working groups is the Social Media Animal Cruelty Coalition, which is the group I head up. And we are dedicated to focusing on content online, on social media that shows animals being abused. And it's quite a niche um, issue, really. Um, and a lot of people haven't heard of it or they may have come across an occasional video, but they don't really know much about the scope of this and the, and the horrors that can occur. Um, and so a lot of our organisations in the Asia for Animal Network were receiving complaints from the public saying, I've seen this awful video. They themselves were coming across it in their work. So Asia for Animals created the Social Media Animal Cruelty Coalition. So we have 19 member organisations. They're all on our website. I won't list them all now. There um, are an awful lot. Yes, and they are based in lots of different places across the world. And all of these organisations have some interest or are actively working on this issue. So, of course, it's a global problem. It's also not only is it global, but it's sort of like in the ether because it's all happening online. Obviously, the acts are happening offline, but the main place this content is shared um, and we'll get into a lot of the uh, kind of incentives for it being online soon. 
you know, all of that is online and there's questions around jurisdiction. If a piece of content is made in one country, but is viewed in another, what legal action can be taken? Um, social media platforms taking responsibility or not for providing a platform and for animal cruelty and not removing it. So it's a big issue. And the only way we're going to do anything about it is by bringing organisations together. And of course, the public who are the ones using social media and coming across these videos on a regular basis. Unfortunately, you're more likely to see this if you're actually an animal lover or an animal activist, because the platforms know you like animal content. So it may end up in front of you. And so hopefully we can give you the tools that you need to know what to do when you do find that. So yeah, that's a lot there. But um, in terms of the BBC documentary, so this came out um, two days ago. What day is it? No, yesterday, I think. Um, it is a fantastic expose on the online world around those that want to watch horrific torture of macaque monkeys in this instance um, and the, those who are behind facilitating this, those who are selling this content, those who are having this content created for people at their request. It's, it's really dark. It, it's something that we've known about for quite a long time. Um, and two of the key organisations that contributed to the BBC documentary were um, Action for Primates and Lady Freethinker, and they are members of SMAC. And they have a particular interest in primates, so they've been tracking these potential perpetrators for a long time. And we at SMAC have also been logging these groups, these pages that are being are used by these communities to share this content. Um, one of the things in the documentary was that they actually did manage to track down and have some people arrested, which is absolutely fantastic because that is very difficult to do. You know, we support some organizations who are in the countries where this content's being made. And, you know, they're an, an animal organization, they're rescuing wildlife all the time. They're trying to get evidence. Um, often social media companies won't share details that they need to share with law enforcement agencies to, to make prosecutions. So it was great to see that happen. And I think what's also really important from this issue is that it's shown again how global it is because we can easily point the finger at the person that's there carrying out the act towards the animal and filming it. But there's these people, um, you know, there was someone in Scotland who's been arrested. There's been some people in the US. I suspect that they are involved in organizing this content being created. So they're almost like a broker between those that can create because they're in the country where these animals are easy to access. Um, and they're, you know, then someone sat in their home in the UK or the US and are pushing this out to people who will pay for it. So you're saying this is an online content and literally the, the buyers of the content, there are, you know, no country is not guilty really. There, there is content going all over the world, whoever wants to buy it. Yeah, including, exactly. Including the UK. And I'm sure everybody, including myself, you know, we've all signed petitions. We've all, you know, asked social media platforms to stop doing it. We've all seen mm -hmm. what they have done to those poor baby monkeys. 
um, it is incredible what you know what came out in the news yesterday um, yeah. you know and what your members have done um, yeah I mean is there any more you can tell us about that yes so I mean obviously a lot of the investigation into the perpetrators is ongoing but I think um, that the thing that we find at SMAC in the wider work that we do is that this is it's awful it's horrific it's a huge problem but it is still it's only one part of the picture because we find most of the data that we collect so we collect links showing animal cruelty online and it ranges from use of animals interactions of animals that might seem benign more benign might not seem problematic all the way up to this extreme torture and most of the videos that we find are actually primates and they're actually macaques. So they are being abused in this way. But there's also sort of less harsh ways that they're being abused that might not be obvious, but it's all part of the same Is it world. the same network? The same, as you said, the same potentially, world? Potentially, yes, potentially. What, and would it, be a le- what would be an, an example of a lesser? Yes. So we... Other forms of abuse is 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 what these animals experience. And a lot of the time you will see that these are baby monkeys. So yeah. they've been either taken from the wild, which often means the mothers have been killed so they can remove the young from them, or they've been bred in captivity and, again, taken off the, the parents and, and made to bond with a human. And what's really tragic about all these videos is often you see these young monkeys looking at the people that are abusing them as though they are their caregivers because they're desperate for that interaction and that you know because they, they're young and they're also social animals and that's very normal for them it's like a child being so, hurt by their parents isn't it you know it's, it's why exactly. they, still want, they still want the parents love don't they yeah it's really tragic but we see other forms of abuse so these baby monkeys may be being kept as a pet and they're being portrayed as oh I love my monkey you know whatever the monkey's name might be but in the video and the way they're keeping these monkeys is in isolation so it'll be one baby monkey they're often keeping them in very very small barren cages they're dressing them in human clothing they may be disciplining them but the way that it's presented even though it might be physically hitting them the way that it's presented as though oh like a naughty baby that needs disciplining in reality these animals are going mad they shouldn't be in these captive situations exactly. they shouldn't be wearing clothing that is completely against them I, I, their nature i've seen videos where they're actively trying to pull the clothes off because of course why it's not natural for them it, it's no. not them they're being kept in people's homes and some of the some of these communities do share these kind of less graphic videos but the joke to them or the pleasure of watching it to them is that they know that these baby monkeys are in distress and they know that they can keep abusing them because they're going to keep coming back to them as their caregivers. And it's these types of videos that unfortunately, well-meaning people might watch and not necessarily see that they're bad because there's so many channels out there showing monkeys dressed in clothing. There's so many where they're almost used as actors. So they might play a role where they're riding a bike and they're going to the shops and they're buying food and they might interact with the puppy and the home. Um, and they're very, very staged. And it, you know, I guess people watch it and think it looks cute and the animals are complying with what's happening. 
but it's very problematic the psychological impact on those animals of being oh, it's, it's in, terrible it's absolutely it's, terrible. It's, it's effectively like a circus which most of yeah. us would not be okay with um but because people maybe don't know and, and and there are lots of places in the world where you can have primates as pets including still in the uk um you know it, it is one of the big concerns with these videos is that it's just further normalizing this idea that we can have wild animals as pets and it's fine and just by providing them with things like food and water and toys is going to be enough when it really really is not it almost seems to be the the endless argument doesn't it that well if an animal it doesn't have to go and get itself food and water um then it should be grateful yes and, i mean how many times do we hear this you know with the zoo captive oh yeah. You know, the elephant doesn't need to go and search for 40 miles today because we've got food and water here, so we'll get it to paint a picture. Yes, I mean, it's the same exactly. old nonsense, isn't it, really? It, it is. It really is. Um, but then we see that this then trickles down into well-meaning people who might have a monkey that they've bought online um, or even in a pet shop, depending where you're based, or and not even a monkey, but other wild animals. And they, they are well-meaning and they do love these animals, but they've got a very, very wrong impression of what it means to care for these individuals. And, and when we're talking about primates and many species of wild animal, they should not be pets. We can't meet their needs in a domestic environment. No, no, not at all. And also the love thing, that that's a particular irritation in me that seems to be the minute someone says, oh, I love, I don't know, Barney the monkey or Peggy the elephant. Mm. It, it's like a, a green card to do what you want to the poor yes. animal. I'm, yeah. I'm you know, what is love? What's love yeah. to any animal, really? I mean, your dog might love you. You know, your cat might look at you like, where's my food? Um, but they're not domesticated, are they? They're just not domesticated. Right. So the wild, so the wild animals, when people have got them in cages or, you know, unsuitable conditions, they're your members are huge i mean you've got animals asia you've got born free um mm -hmm. you know just by looking at the picture on your website you know a pig a cow um you know you've got marine life you've got cats you've got everything so as you said your members do cover pretty much life on earth don't they they, they do yes. an awful lot of stuff and one thing that you know people wonder a lot about is you know, when we see particularly, I'll say as an example, a petition. So say, for instance, you know, we want to, you know, save an elephant from a horrible zoo or something. And we're trying to get, we're struggling to get like 10,000 signatures or something. And quite often mm. we look and we think, well, why can't the charities and the animal places all work together? And if we say, look, guys, we need a million signatures, you know, to, to raise a point here. You know, we always kind of wonder, well, why don't people support each other? Now, you've got a coalition. So mm -hmm. obviously no one's going to agree all the time. You know, some people yeah. are going to be pro-cap, some people are going to be not, some people are going to be in the middle. But do they, do they, um, you know, help each other out? Yes. I mean, being in our working groups and being in the network, you have to like exactly like you say, we're really open. We want people to come, organisations to join, even if we don't all have the same position on things. But what we do find is the places where we do have the same position or we can support each other's work so in in our working group the social media animal cruelty coalition 
we have lots of different organizations some of them are completely yeah anti-captivity others aren't but we all have a you know the same stance around this issue and so we for example write educational reports where we use our research to look at different forms of animal cruelty online and highlight that to the public so all of those organizations will contribute using their expertise around you know we're writing one about primates at the moment and macaques actually um and we have a lot of organizations in our membership that are have different experience with that so we can come together on those things we also recently um in the uk there's this online safety bill that's going through the parliamentary process at the moment and this is designed to target disturbing content or potentially damaging content on social media for vulnerable people and young people and put onus on the platform to do something about it so we and many of our member organizations and others have been calling for animal cruelty content to be included because at the moment it really isn't and that's in light of this documentary as well it seems like that's a huge oversight so we've worked together on that and we've got different organizations that have never worked together but we bring them together and we've all written um to the relevant ministers we've all done an online campaign together where each organization was asking their followers to contact this certain mp so it is challenging because we're talking about lots of different organizations who all have their own communications plan and their own campaign strategies but our job and what i really really like about um age of animals is that we bring together those organizations when we know that they're all trying to do the same thing we don't want them to just be repeating work and we want them to use the platforms that we all have to advance one objective if possible um you know to the benefit of a campaign like this online safety bill as an example so it does happen it's not always easy um but you know i completely agree with you that is what should be happening because it it makes any campaign stronger to have it, does. it really would it's, it's really frustrating for the you know the people that want to support um you know everybody you know who want to support animals asian born free and you know everybody yeah. on the list and we're signing everybody's petitions um you know sometimes i might sign like five in a day yeah and you know you think and then it says oh you know you got to twenty thousand people or whatever it is and you know there's lots of people like me that have got the time to do the signatures and maybe send mm -hmm. a few emails um and we just and then it's so you know obviously we're all heartbroken at seeing the animal concerned or the animals concerned yeah. and we yeah. just wish that you know it'd be nice to even know that that the big organizations and you know, if we use Animals Asia as an example, because everybody knows about the moon bears. I mean, I listened to an interview with them once and, you know, they started, I think, you know, two people with a vision in a flat in Hong Kong or somewhere. And mm -hmm. it is absolutely tremendous what they have achieved. And, and again, it's always like thinking, well, if you did all that and saved all those bears, then, you know, us little activists are sitting there scratching our heads thinking, why can't we get this elephant out of jail? You know, it's that kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. So it's, it's really enlightening to see your organisation and, you know, and I hope people have a really good look at at the website and um, asiaforanimals.com and 
really just you know have a really good hunt around it and a good look around it because what you cover is you know all the working groups and then all the I can't get over all the graphs and the different groups you do I mean it is, yeah. it literally goes all over the place you know yeah like, so we like focus on anything yeah <laughs> <laughs> well I know and our team in terms of our kind of um employed staff like myself I think there's now I'm going to get this completely wrong because it's 13 14 of us or something and it has grown a lot in the last year because um we've become an independent organization um you know we've grown we've got our name out there the social media animal cruelty coalition in particular is getting a lot of attention because this issue is becoming more and more visual and people are concerned about it um and it's just yeah it, it, it's brilliant and I, I've been in the organization just over a year and after having previously worked in in animal rights elsewhere and I'm really impressed by how much gets done and how effective it is at bringing organizations together because sometimes you can be in a network of with other organizations and not a lot happens beyond when you have those meetings when you have those chats and I guess what our roles is as the coordinators is to make sure that work happens after it because everyone's so busy in their organizations doing their own things. You know, I completely understand it. I've been there myself. So it helps a lot to have someone as a coordinator to say, right, guys, we're going to email you all. This is what we're doing. Can you all contribute here? What can you offer? I think that's the strength of it. So we work on farmed animal um, issues, dog and cat issues social media animal cruelty, sanctuaries and rescue centres is one of our new groups, um, ethical elephant tourism. There's a lot. They're all on the website. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, what do, so when you talk about the new group, um, the sanctuaries and everything, yeah. how do you get on with the older generation of some conservationists who say there's not enough sanctuaries or... The, you know they they're well established in getting donations from zoos that their own buddies mm. approve and it's a really fine line because their popularity is almost something that sustainable tourism and everything else goes against so you know you're trying to present a new ethical picture and say look actually that elephant can come out of that zoo that is sustainable tourism and gentle giants do a lovely program don't they where they do the stay at home for elephants and you know it's a win-win for the locals and for the elephants and everything else but then you've got the kind of it, it seems there's levels in of it all you've got the sort of hierarchy earning the millions then you've got the next group down that are very popular and have done extremely well and then you've got the new coming up, you know, the climate friendly stuff. You want to promote more sustainable tourism, as you say, with, with you know, your, your new group is sanctuaries. How, how do you kind of build that up? So I don't oversee the sanctuaries and rescue centres okay. working group, but from its very early days, the, the aim is to bring together all kinds of all the different kinds of people that you've described to be able to have a supportive way of, of those organizations coming together. Again, opening that so it's not so in silo, sharing the expertise, the tools, the skills, maybe even some of the funding to help smaller 
sanctuaries and rescue centres and to look at what minimum welfare standards might there be. You know, there's lots of aspirations here. It is so challenging for reasons that you've just said. Um, There are a lot of differences in opinion, um, but we try to stay as open to that as possible because we want to have everyone in the room working together um, and then can have conversations like this if necessary to give other perspectives. And I think that's another brilliant thing is that organisations independently are obviously they've got their goals, they've got their position on things, being in the coalition opens them up to working with others that might have different positions on them and and I think everyone can learn from that to make things you know better for animals definitely yeah it is it is a real frustration of um you know zoos that have got the PR down to you know a fine art saying this animal's an ambassador um you know like it wants a label um and, Absolutely, and let's have all the don- donations that will go to this charity that is going to release maybe one or two animals into the wild, and that has always been the problem because it's almost like, well, if we're going to change tact, it, it, it seems to me that it, it's it would be easy for a conservationist to turn and say, right, well, this is how we used to do it. We know we can do it better now. Let's do it better. But that doesn't mm-hmm. tend to get done. They're like, no, 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 we can't do it that way. We've always done it this way. And look, you know that that organization has now released one because of all the ambassadors and there's always that trickiness that it's it's that stuck in the mud thing and from looking at your website you do manage to break down those barriers which I think is absolutely incredible you know and um hopefully yeah and even more and and one really interesting take on um the conservation issue as there's many many issues there is um around compassionate conservation which is about having compassion and the considering the individual animals involved so you know often some animals may be culled um in an environment because they say well that helps this species return or helps protect the environment here or whatever and whereas compassionate conservation is about considering that these are all alive beings and they live in those areas or you know whatever they it might be in that situation and that's something that I know in our team we talk about and it's something that we would obviously love to see and I, so I think it is starting to to creep in but like you say this you know conservation has been a, a certain template for a long time so and it's worth yeah. a lot of money yeah um so you know again the bringing people together to hear alternatives and to, and to hear about projects that are working that maybe have a more modern and ethical approach is is a lot it's you know we're not saying you're achieving all of this it's, it's a big big challenges of things that have been like this for a long long time and and there is lots of differences of opinion so but yeah but, I think but you've that, got to where you've got gross. to and that's what I find amazing. You've got to where you've got to with all those different opinions. I mean, you know, I sort of encourage anybody to look at your website and see the names of all the organisations, you know, that you've got on there. The fact that you've got every, you know, you've got a round table with that many people on it is absolutely phenomenal going. It really is. And, um, you know, that's definitely the sustainable, climate-friendly way to be doing all this and to, you know, end this slightly ridiculous label of an ambassador um for any wild animal 
yeah I mean we have to come together because you know like you've just mentioned there like climate friendly there's that there's animal welfare there's doing conservation or animal protection in a way that isn't dis- disruptive to the local people that live in those places as involving local people in these initiatives and you know there's so many issues to address and and we can't do that as individual organizations you know there's strength in coming together and that involves listening and sharing ideas and accepting some differences you know that's important as well so that's the mission and yeah we have achieved some really great stuff and it it is an exciting time at the moment um in seeing more organizations join us as well is it your organization to me seems to be more that you're there for the organizations the organization for the organizations so that's probably why a lot of people probably haven't heard of you yes correct and and that I assume is okay for you because you need to be on just doing your stuff don't you Mm -hmm. you need to be doing it nice and peacefully and it's almost better I think if the public support the organizations that you support it's an umbrella system isn't it or yeah is or is there a way that you want public support well, as we grow, that is becoming more of a um, a consideration. I mean, for example, you're completely right that we were set up to support other organisations, to bring them together, to help them do what they do for animals. So that's the point of it. But we are, in supporting that, there are obviously things that are being done and delivered that are public facing. So Again, coming back to my own working group, the Social Media Animal Cruelty Coalition, we are doing a lot of public awareness now. And we do that ourselves, as well as doing joint public awareness, uh, sharing resources with our members to do it as well. So we are starting to bring people to us as an organisation, which is okay. which is new and it's interesting. But, you know, the, because with SMAC, we are sort of, we have the, the relationships with the platforms. So we meet with some of the major social media platforms on behalf of our members, which is a benefit because the platforms ideally want to talk to one or two people and not have to meet with all these animal organizations separately. And we can go there with the strength of, you know, we've got all these behind us and all of their supporters behind us. And so we, a crucial part of that campaigning and that raising awareness is telling people what they should do when they find animal cruelty content. So we are starting to reach out more to the public. And our farmed animal um, working group, of course, is doing public awareness as well. And they're doing an event um, this weekend in Vietnam around uh, farmed animal issues. So, yeah, we are starting to become a bit more public facing in that regard. But the core of our work is to support organisations. It will will be nice, I have to say, to see, you know, even if it's the odd social media post from you. I mean, this it's weird, actually, because two days ago, there's me, like other people, tweeting a a social media platform because there was yet another horrible monkey, baby monkey picture. Mm. And everybody's so frustrated. And we don't understand why the social media platforms don't just take these things down. Um, And then, weirdly enough, the next day you see the BBC news, you know, with, as you say, you know, what your members and everybody has been up to. So that was kind of, you know, really gratefully received news. So, I mean, we're so delighted because we have gone to press before around animal cruelty content online, but um, 
I think it's needed something big like this for people to realise. I just hope that from that, we can widen the conversation out from not just this extreme treatment of animals, but all the other forms of animal cruelty that we document on a regular basis. So I I don't know why, you know, like pigs in gas chambers in the UK. I still don't understand how that's not on the news, you know, and other things that go on. I mean, it's so extreme what they're doing. And yet, no, it's, it's weird. They can almost show a million poor people suffering in a drought in desert somewhere, you know, and, and kids being taken into hospital in awful states, but they can't show a farm animal. You know, if you can show the child, you know, who should be above the animal, why can't you show the animal? You know, it's just, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's this odd system, isn't it? I mean, I, as you say, things are... When say improving it means we're just getting to grips with what is going on but mm-hmm. we need to um so when you know an organization such as yourself can post something and say that this is what we're doing or this or you know it's not falling on deaf ears I think that's the thing that's been so frustrating about the monkey thing is that it's like this you know you can tweet the social media people and it's yeah. just like why aren't they listening you know it's so yeah. what's going on but it's nice to know and it's very grateful to know that you know they are actually having discussions and as you say they can't reply to 50,000 people that are tweeting or anything else you know it'd be a non-stop barrage wouldn't it but it It is really good to know they're actually talking to you yes it is really frustrating because we love to give more calls to action to the to the public around what they can do but at the moment in terms of just tweeting a platform it's probably not going to have the impact that we want because you know they you if anyone's tried to sort out a problem with their own social media account it's so hard to talk to a real person in these companies so we're really grateful as well that we can have these conversations and you know we tried to have a positive relationship with them around we're here to do whatever you need to improve your moderation and your policies around animal cruelty content some of the platforms have been really, really good and really engaging. And we hope we've got some great updates coming out soon. And there's a couple of updates on our website already around some changes on TikTok, for example. But uh, Monkey Torture, we've actually been talking to Meta about this, who own Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp, um, about these videos appearing on Facebook, which was mentioned in the documentary as well. Um, since the end of last year, and we, they have removed links that we've sent them, but we've been really frustrated because they haven't come to us with a plan of how they're going to tackle this proactively to stop these accounts, to stop these people. Um, and it is a really frustrating thing to have to do to sit and wait. But, you know, in the meantime, we're doing all these other things with like we're releasing this report in September about macaque cruelty online. We have you know, our members doing actions like this leading to the documentary. Um, and we are also trying to get give the public something to do. The problem is, like I say, there's not maybe not a satisfying action to take, but what we ask people to do, we have five steps. So the first one is to be aware. So listening to this podcast, watching the BBC documentary and also going on our website because we have a lot more on there. We have little little videos called Ask Yourself that look at some of the other common themes of cruelty, the ones that might be harder to identify. Um, they're not graphic and um, they're very short. They just give some tips to just help people think differently. And then we ask people not to watch, engage or comment. Don't share. 
don't engage because even though we really want to write a comment that says this is animal cruelty, this is really bad. Unfortunately, the algorithm is just looking for popular content. So no matter how you're engaging, it sees that there's a lot of engagement. And so that's going to boost that content to more people. Oh, and I never knew that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's generally everyone's response because again, you know, they're not the social media platforms aren't telling you this openly, but this that is how it works. So, you know, you could be commenting something great for animals, but it could be an invertedly boosting that content. And if that content creator has got advertising on their videos, because on platforms like YouTube, if you have popular content, you're eligible for monetization through adverts so you're making money off the oh adverts. no so people are actually making the money by sharing yes um and this this tends to be on maybe more of the like lesser obvious cruel forms of cruelty but there's a really i mean it's quite clever even though it's obviously horrible um theme of cruelty called what we call fake rescue which is where the content creators they know that animal rescue videos are popular so what they're doing is staging situations where the animal's endangered or it's in danger or is injured or in need of rescue from drowning or something and then they go in and film themselves rescuing the animal and they might even claim to be a, a rescue or a sanctuary and they might ask for donations and sometimes it is hard to tell and we again have tips on our website of how you can tell normally looking at the whole account are these are there loads of these videos on the account? Are they a reputable organization? Do there stories about what happens to the animals afterwards? Sometimes they use the same animals. So, you know, there are ways that these platforms are making money. And so that's why we really want people to be aware and not engage with content. What they can do is report it to the platforms, which a lot of people say that they do that and they don't get the results that they want, which we really understand. And it is something we flag with the platforms as well. But we know that it's important anyway, because sometimes it takes multiple reports before that content's removed. And we also know that they do look at what kinds of content's being reported. So we want to show them that animal cruelty content, people care about this and they don't want it on the platform. We have some videos on our website of showing you exactly how to follow the steps to report on some of the major platforms because they don't always make it easy and clear um so this is you know hopefully a, a take away from this um that's very pod useful podcast today yeah and again it's all on our website and we you can go to the asiaforanimals.com website and then you can lead off to the smack website or we have smackcoalition.com which is like our little mini site all about social media animal cruelty that's lovely. Thank you ever so much. We've covered so much today. Yes. It's an absolute pleasure to um, to have this conversation. It's the first time I've actually um, been lucky enough to speak to someone that's doing, you know, is, is, is getting organisations together. So thank you ever so much. I've learned a lot, you know, and Good, I'll, I'll yeah. share it with my advocate buddies. And mm -hmm. and yeah, it's it's been an absolute pleasure, Nicola. Thank you ever yes. so much for joining Thank us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it, and I hope um, people find it useful. And best of luck with all that you're doing as well. That's very kind of you. Thank you. <laughs>